There's a question that Y Combinator, the prestigious startup accelerator program, always asks potential startups during the interview for their program. It's definitely snooty, but I can't help loving it. It goes, what do you believe that no one else does? The purpose of the question might not be obvious, but it's to figure out how big your startup could actually be. The thinking is, if you believe something no one else does, there's either zero opportunity, meaning you're wrong and everyone else is right, or massive opportunity, meaning you see something that everyone else has overlooked. They're hoping for creativity, for things they've never heard before. If you tell them that you're taking out the middleman for couches, they'll kick you out of their office like you asked for bread at the soup Nazi. They aren't here for the obvious stuff. They want you to say something like, no one's going to have a credit card in 2025, or it'll be illegal to drive a car in 2030, or the global population is actually shrinking and there will be 10 million empty houses in the U.S. by 2035, or something else that seems highly unlikely, or sometimes better, something that everyone else is taking for granted. Mark Twain, I believe two weeks in a row now, said, it ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble, it's what you know for sure that just ain't so. When everyone assumes something will continue a certain way, and they never even consider an alternative, there's opportunity. The formula usually looks something like this. Everyone thinks X, but I think Y because of Z unique experience that I have. An example. Everyone thinks electric cars are impractical because they're slow and wildly expensive because of battery cost. But I think they're the future because I've actually broken down what's in a battery, and I can make them from scratch for 1 one hundredth the cost in the open market. Also, they make cars faster, not slower. That's Tesla and Elon Musk, obviously, and he was insulated by everyone holding a specific view and the market being set up for a specific product. He got a 10-year head start on electric cars because no one else believed what he did. He has a quote from the early days that looks obvious now, but very much didn't look obvious then. He said, In 50 years, we'll look back on the internal combustion engine and see it as a giant anachronism, like the steam locomotive. And even the supposedly far-fetched examples I came up with earlier aren't that crazy. Lots of people share those opinions, and that's the whole point. It's really hard for humans to have truly different perspectives about big things because we all consume the same stuff and have more or less the same rational extrapolations from that data. A unique perspective with some real heft on the reasoning for that perspective is truly rare. Lots of people believe in crypto or NFTs, but their reasoning is hope or speculation, not unique experience. So when truly unique perspective happens, investors jump. If there's a 10% chance the world turns out the way an entrepreneur thinks, and no one else thinks there's even a 0.1% chance that vision of the world comes true, that's an arbitrage. Find 20 companies like that, and the one that hits will cover all the rest that don't, which is why VCs are sitting courtside for the Warriors. VC is a game of Tetris, and they all do the thing where they wait for the long skinny piece to knock out the four rows at once, which is why I get so confused when entrepreneurs get mad when they can't raise VC funding. They say things like, my idea is so obvious, why can't they see it? Or everyone loves my idea, of course it's going to work. Or they come up with 30 other reasons VCs aren't interested. But the problem is that in the world of asymmetric returns, logical is bad. Counterintuitive is the only thing with real ROI. It needs to not make sense to 99% of people and really make sense to 1%, not the other way around. So why the heck am I talking about this? First, because I think it's fun to talk about and I make the rules but also because we've had a lot of really sensical ideas pitched to us lately, and that's a bad thing. The potential of your idea is inversely proportional to how many people could also have that idea. It's not that you'll lose out to specific competition, it's just basic math. 
If 100,000 people could have an idea or 10 people could have an idea, you'd certainly rather be in that second bucket. This episode is about pushing you to come up with better ideas, which means more unique and counterintuitive ideas. And while coming up with a different perspective on something huge like credit cards that no one else has thought of is extremely difficult, the micro version of that, picking a small area where you've got something counterintuitive, is far less hard. And the key is often to just get smaller and smaller until your insight is that unique, and then you'll grow. We're going to dive into a framework to help you think about things no one else believes but you. We'll reverse engineer the right type of idea, and we'll do it with some help from my absolute favorite current business. This business is truly banana land ham sandwich. The product is objectively horrendous. There is no marketing to speak of. The design is brutal. And yet, I've been recommended it at least five separate times in the past two months. I broke down and bought it about two weeks ago, and despite all the things I just mentioned, it's been transformational for me. It's maybe the best current product I use, aside from the fellow coffee grinder friend of the pod and also just normal friend Grant got me as a wedding gift. The founder of this business believes something no one else I've ever met believes, and his unwavering belief has anchored an entire business and been a giant eraser for all the other shortcomings. It's truly counterintuitive and truly unique. His belief? That absolutely no one knows how to walk properly, and it's the cause for the majority of people's chronic pain. We'll get into why that's so freaking brilliant and how you can co-opt some of that brilliance after some smooth jazz. I'm Brian Scordato, and this is the Idea to Startup podcast brought to you by Tacklebox. We accelerate ideas into real companies through our product, the Tacklebox method, and we play smooth jazz and run through startup tactics every Wednesday on the Idea to Startup podcast. You're here because you're thinking about an idea, you're ready to launch something, or maybe you already launched it and you're flying ahead full steam. We're here to give you the tactical strategy that will give your business the best chance of success. For podcast resources and notes, go to gettacklebox.com forward slash no whisper ideas. And with that, let's get to it. I've got daily chronic neck pain and headaches from an injury I got a few years back when some jackass went full Rambo on me in a corporate basketball league and multiple people from my chiropractor to someone in Tacklebox to a stranger in the dog park have recommended core walking to me. The main idea, as I mentioned, is that everyone walks wrong. We were never taught how to walk. We just watch our parents and we walk like them, but they were never taught either. And evolution, of course, had us walking correctly until we added shoes and high heels and desks and a million other things. As we get older, our exercise moves from run around free and happy on a field playing games to sit on a Peloton while someone yells at you over a 90s mix with too much green day while you do the exact same motion 10,000 times. There is so much Green Day on those 90s Peloton mixes, and I don't get it. There's only seven songs, and two of them have to be Green Day every time in this economy. Anyway, we're all screwed up, and our bad habits compound because we walk a lot. The guy who started core walking is basically the product. When you land on the homepage, everything about it screams scam. But there's a video, and I've been recommended it a few times, so I watched. And it's brilliant. I have no clue if this was purposeful or if this guy fell ass backwards into it, but I'll quickly break down the four things that make the video so effective because this is exactly what you need to have happen in your first interaction with customers. Jonathan, the main guy, starts by telling his story, then saying that by walking wrong, we are all robbing our body of the ability to heal itself. He then asks you to stand up. He tells you to feel your butt, see if the muscles are engaged. 
kind of an odd question, but as I'm standing there grabbing my butt, I notice that yes, it is engaged, and yes, I might need to mix in some squats. He then gives a cue. Tilt your pelvis back a bit and stick your butt out so you lean forward. This will disengage those muscles. I do, and it does. It feels a bit unnatural, almost like I'm leaning forward over the edge of a cliff, but everything does immediately feel more relaxed. Then he tells you to notice your breathing, to take a long, deep breath, see how it feels. And he's right. That slight angle change makes your normal breath fill up your lungs in a noticeably different way. Again, it feels good. He then reinforces that everyone stands wrong and everyone walks wrong and it's robbing your body of its natural ability to heal. He pops in some anatomy images of the different parts of your spine and how they move and he tells you to buy his $200 program which will let you walk correctly and let your body heal itself. And that's the video. Again, let me reiterate, it looks like it was filmed with a potato and the audio is less clear than the guy on the subway train that tells you the one train is express after 14th Street. The website belongs on GeoCities. But after the next two weeks, I thought about that cue a lot. I tilted my pelvis when I stood and walked, and even caught myself grabbing my butt in line at Chipotle to make sure it was disengaged and that I was breathing deeply. And I think I felt better. When I got home, I bought the core walking program, and I told like 20 people about it. And now I told all of you about it. So let's break it down. Your first job as an entrepreneur is to get people to remember you. Nothing happens if people don't remember you. So let's get back to that question we kicked off the pod with. What do you believe that other people don't? Counterintuitive things are extremely memorable and shareable. So let's dig into the things Jonathan does to get you to remember him and core walking. First, there's a clear theme. What the product is about is unbelievably simple and shareable. And it's because of how counterintuitive the bedrock thought is. After this podcast, you'll know exactly what core walking is about. People don't walk correctly. And if you do, you'll have less chronic pain because the body can heal itself. That's powerful. The beauty of something counterintuitive is how memorable and simple it usually is. Think about someone trying to treat chronic pain in other ways. Maybe a physical therapist. How the heck can you possibly differentiate? Same with acupuncture or chiropractors. Whatever your system is, it'll be a bear to differentiate from someone else's system because you believe essentially the same thing everyone else in your field does. You'll need to differentiate in the margins. People tell other people things that are interesting. Normal things aren't interesting and margins aren't interesting. Telling someone that the pain they feel might be cured simply by walking correctly and using the anecdote that we all learn how to walk by watching our parents when we're toddlers, so it's just the blind following the blind. Yeah, that's interesting. And sharing it makes me feel interesting. It's probably a big reason it's the focus of this week's pod. Take the couch person removing the middleman. Maybe the couch becomes slightly cheaper, which means your perspective is that cheaper is better for customers. Very novel. And a race to the bottom. And completely unshareable. But a truly counterintuitive opinion is memorable. It's differentiated. Travels. The second thing Jonathan did really well is loss aversion. Humans value things they have twice as much as things they don't, so Jonathan pointing out that we all have the ability to heal ourselves but are wasting it strikes a psychological nerve. We have the ability to do something, but because we walk wrong, we lose that ability. It's ours, but it's being taken away. I thought about this every single day. 
Whenever I felt my head or neck act up, I thought about how I maybe had the ability to stop all this, but by walking wrong, I was foregoing that relief. You don't need to use loss aversion, but I'll link to my favorite list of mental models in the show notes. These work, and ignoring them is tying a hand behind your back. Third, triggers. Jonathan has triggers all over the place. First, the problem he's solving has the most important problem characteristics out there. It's frequent, it's painful, and it's expensive. People with chronic pain feel it daily. This is a reminder of the core idea that walking right could relieve all of this. If the problem you're solving is frequent and your counterintuitive solution is memorable, you'll be constantly selling to your customer in the back of their mind. Jonathan also created his own trigger in the video by solving the edge of the wedge problem. You stand wrong, and the cue, stick your pelvis back, gives you relief. That simple cue to the frequent pain again reminds you of the product and reminds you of Jonathan. Fourth, feedback loop. The pelvis back thing lets you breathe better and makes you feel better. Before you've paid for a product, he's closed the feedback loop. This is extremely hard to do. Something he gave you made you feel better already. The more you do it, the more it'll reinforce the idea in your mind that this guy has helped. Trust comes from two places. First, specificity. Someone knowing something about you that most people don't. And second, making and keeping promises. Saying you'll do something that matters, then doing that thing repeatedly is the foundation of trust. Jonathan closed the feedback loop with the video. The question for you becomes, how can you do this? How can you get your customer benefiting from what you know immediately? How can you do it in a way that it provides repeated value without you there so that you get your customer involved fast and you get to start that process of making and keeping promises to build trust? The more I breathed properly, the better I felt. The more I trusted Jonathan and his potato videos seemingly made in 1983. And finally, a bonus fifth thing he did right, because I just thought of it. The archetype of the story. People love sharing stories with this archetype. I had X for a really long time. I tried A, B, C, and D, all the things everyone tries, and none of them worked. But then I found E. It sounds crazy, but it's been amazing, and I'm fixed. People love telling stories in that format so much that they'll do it even if the product didn't completely work. This is another reason that so many people told me about core walking. They loved telling that specific story. When I dug in, core walking hadn't even really solved the problem for many of them, but they did feel like it was helping and they loved that story. These five pillars, a clear theme, creating loss aversion, establishing triggers, closing a feedback loop, and a clear story archetype, all from a six minute video and all before I bought anything are brilliant. And they're the reason I've told so many people. So how do you do this? First, by being uncompromising on your initial insight. None of those pillars work if the insight isn't unique. But what if you don't have an insight like Jonathan's that could benefit everyone with chronic pain that no one else has thought of? No problem, I wouldn't expect you to. Those are rare. But to find them, you just need to get smaller. Who's the smallest possible group of people that you've gotten insight into? And that insight needs to fit the framework. Everyone believes X, but I believe Y because of Z unique experience. Something I've found helpful when I'm looking for counterintuitive ideas is to look through the lens of a swap. Don't try to come up with something new. Swap out how people solve a problem that has great characteristics, a problem that's frequent, painful, urgent, expensive, and growing now. What swap do you see coming that others don't, maybe because of some unique experience or product insight or something else that you've got? 
Here's an example on how to get small and think of a swap. Third wave coffee, basically really good coffee, has exploded. Lots of people now thumb their noses at Starbucks and they go to high-end coffee shops. They order bags of beans from Counterculture or Stumptown or whoever and they pay 20 bucks a pop for them. And people aren't sleeping because they drink coffee all day. And they know this because they wear whoop bands or Fitbits or Aura rings, or at least this customer I'm focusing on does. So because of all of it, lots of people have stopped drinking coffee afternoon. Maybe a counterintuitive thing could be that decaf coffee can be just as delicious and that it's not the caffeine people are addicted to, but the ritual, the feeling of a hot mug. And getting small, I could solve this problem for people with acid reflux who love coffee but literally can't drink as much as they want without feeling intense pain. And my unique experience is knowing some coffee roasters who say it's really easy to make low-caffeine coffee delicious, but they don't because there isn't demand for it. This is a good problem because it's painful, it's frequent, it's urgent, it comes up a lot. Every time this customer drinks coffee, they might feel pain. Every time they want coffee but don't drink it, they're going to be upset. There are a lot of moments for feedback loops. Now, that's not great. It was off the top of my head, but that's the blueprint. Get smaller and smaller on customer based on the characteristics of the problem. Get tighter and tighter on insight based on your unique experience. Then leverage the pillars above to give it wings. And of course, stick your butt out when you walk. This was the Idea to Startup podcast brought to you by Tacklebox. If you want to work on insights that'll drive a business, the first section of the Tacklebox method, the anchor program you get with a Tacklebox membership, takes you through it. Head to gettacklebox.com and check it out. And if you made it this far, grab our Cyber Monday discount code for 150 bucks off month one of a Tacklebox membership with code BUILDTHINGS, all one word. Have a great week.